I'm going to be handing over to Mike now, who's going to be carrying on with our series on Moses. So, Mike, over to you. I'm just going to come a little bit closer. And as Beck said, we're continuing this series on the life of Moses. And to be honest, with all that's happened nationally over the last week or so, I was wondering whether to bin it or not and and do something else. But I looked at the passage we were going to look at this morning from the life of Moses, Exodus chapter 33. And I thought, you know what? It's strangely appropriate for these times. You see, as we've discovered, as we've been reminded of as a church, Moses lived at a time of crisis. At the time of his birth, there was ethnic cleansing. His people were in slavery in Egypt. He fleed to the desert for 40 years. Would you believe that must have been a crisis? He's called by God to lead the people out of Egypt. And he does so. They cross the Red Sea. Uh, The people are grumbling. They reckon there were about two and a half million people in the wilderness. And Moses is kind of leading them. And it's not going well. Basically, there's a shortage of food. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago. And actually, people are turning away and grumbling and doing all sorts of stuff. So Moses lived at a time of crisis. And let's be honest, we are at a time of crisis too with this global pandemic. And there are physical implications for us, social implications for us, economic implications for us, educational implication, and the list goes on and on. And I just wanted to ask you as we begin this morning, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I've spoken to many different people and there's a range of reactions that I've come across. Some people I think are feeling quite stressed and anxious with the unknown sense of where's this going to go, what's going to happen. Other people are feeling a bit annoyed because they've got to stay indoors. Other people are are panicking. Other people are feeling quite subdued. Many people are feeling calm. And I've even come across people who think, you know, this whole thing's a bit of an overreaction. So there's a whole range of emotions, I want to say, uh, that we're facing. Bex asked me the other day, you know, Mike, how are you doing? And I, I sort of, I'm not the most sort of touchy-feely person. And I said, I think I'm all right. I feel reasonably calm, uh, except when I watch the news. And uh, I said, the thing is, I've noticed I do what I do when I feel a bit under stress. And I've started eating lots of crisps. Any flavor will do. So maybe I'm a, a bit more concerned than um, I'm letting on. But there's all sorts of reactions, aren't there? Now, this morning, if you want to look at this uh, Exodus chapter 33, I want to identify three things that Moses did in this crisis. And I think they're quite relevant for us today. Now, the first thing Moses did was that he stepped inside. Moses stepped inside in the crisis. This is verse 7 and 8. Now, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses 
went out to the tent. All the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. So Moses actually stepped inside in a crisis. He stepped inside the tent of meeting. And I want to just encourage us all at this time to be looking after our physical health and the physical health of those around us and be people who, like Moses, step inside. And I don't want to sound repetitive, but let's follow government advice. Let's wash hands, keep social distance. Let's isolate where we need to, especially if we're vulnerable or stay inside too if we contract the virus. And let's be people who follow that advice, don't stockpile food and um, stay at home to protect the vulnerable people uh, around us. If we do so, we will protect the NHS, we'll save lives too. So can I encourage us to follow the government advice? And actually, that is quite challenging. It's not an easy thing to do in terms of that social distancing. It's not something, well, certainly doesn't come naturally to me. The thing with Moses, though, is he didn't step inside to actually guard his physical health. He stepped inside to go deeper spiritually and deepen his spiritual health. And actually, he went inside to this tent of meeting very, very uh, regularly. This is verse 9 to 11. As Moses went into, into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they stood and worshipped each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses. So Moses went inside to encounter God, to seek God. And I would say that there's an opportunity, despite the challenge of social distancing and isolation, there's, there's, a, there's an opportunity for us maybe practically to push into God at this time. Maybe read that book, that Christian book you've been putting off for a while, or engage in some of the brilliant apps out there to encourage you spiritually. You know, there's so many. There's Lectio 365, Pray As You Go, The Bible in a Year, the list goes on and on. And I want to encourage us, actually, to, like Moses, watch and guard our spiritual health and to seek God. And I like, actually, uh, what uh, Rowan Williams talks about, about prayer and seeking God. And uh, there's a sense in which uh, he likens prayer to sunbathing. And so we don't have to strive, we don't have to... Uh, uh, get all active. He says this, prayer is about sunbathing in God's light. When you're lying on the beach, something is happening, something that has nothing to do with how you're feeling or how hard you're trying. All you have to do is turn up. You simply have to be where the light can get at you. And I think it's important in these times to seek God and to let God's light, his love and presence actually uh, encounter you because there's no fear in love. God's perfect love drives out fear. And so this is significant at this time. So firstly, can I um, encourage you to step inside like Moses to follow the government advice and to um, press into God? 
The second thing Moses did was that he spoke up. He didn't just step in, he spoke up uh, to God. This is verses 12 to 13. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name and you found favor with me. And there's this sense in the crisis that Moses is a little bit confused. Look, God, what's happening? I thought it was going to be this. What's going on? You've said this. This is happening. You've said that. This is happening. And so Moses is basically actually being honest with God. He's speaking up to God. And can I encourage us at this time just to be honest with where we're at, to actually look to God, to communicate with God and to draw uh, near to God. And uh, I encourage you to do what Moses did and ask God to give you what you need in this uh, situation. And you see this in verse 13. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know and continue to find favor with you. Can I encourage us as we think about what to do, how to respond, how we're feeling, to ask God to guide us and teach us in how we can respond. We also, I want to suggest, need to do a Moses and be people of prayer at this time. You see, Moses, what made him great was that he always looked out for the people of Israel. He said this, remember that this nation is your people. And uh, can I encourage us? I know you're so good at this. Can I encourage you to be praying uh, at this time for the global pandemic that we're facing? And Moses knew in his own crisis that God had to move. God's presence had to be with the people. And you see this in verse 14 to 15. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God's presence is with us. And Moses kind of knew the importance of God's presence uh, with the people. He said this, if your presence doesn't, doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. So can we be people who are praying? We need to pray for people who've contracted the virus, many, many people. And I know uh, we're hearing reports now of members in the church family getting the virus. Can we be praying for the amazing NHS doctors and nurses and ambulance drivers and police? The key workers, you know the list. Can we be praying for them? Businessmen and women who are in very, very challenging times. And also uh, young people too. You know, many people have faced considerable disruption to their education, to public exams, to their degrees. And also as of next week, you know, many parents are going to end up as, as kind of uh, spontaneous teachers trying to control their children, uh, which is going to be very, very interesting, uh, particularly um, in our case, I think, you know, it's going to be challenging uh, doing that with the boys. So could we pray? And as well as watching your physical and spiritual health, can I encourage you to be watching your mental health too? You know, I walked into uh, a supermarket last week and uh, a woman came out as I was going in. She said, hey, don't bother going in there. There's absolutely nothing in there. And I could sort of feel panic rising. And, and actually, it wasn't true. There was quite a lot of food in there. But, you know, I don't know about you, I feel pretty good. And then I can watch the news and feel a little bit freaked out because the headlines are quite sort of stark, aren't they? And, and uh, it's quite stressful. So 
I've been just limiting how much news I've been watching and I found that's helped um, keep me a bit calmer. That's a tip. You might want to think about that. You want to watch what you uh, absorb and read online too because uh, some of the stuff out there online just isn't helpful. And I I would also watch what you're forwarding too because if it's freaking you out, it might be worth just not forwarding that on or posting it somewhere else if it's unhelpful. The other thing that was on the news last week was that there's, there's sort of very um, untrue stuff circulating on the internet too. So go to um, reliable websites. And uh, I've also been trying to limit some of the uh, uh, amount or volume of stuff I've been uh, digesting because I don't know what your inbox is like, but uh, I've got hundreds of emails that say coronavirus updates, and these are all very, very important, but it's kind of like, whoa. Uh, and so just watch uh, how much you're um, basically uh, absorbing in the overwhelm factor, if you like. There's lots of good apps out there. Someone in the church family recommend an app called Soul Time, which is particularly pitched at people struggling with mental health issues. Normally, you have to pay for that, apparently. I've never been uh, to it, but basically, uh, there's a 90% discount at the moment on that, and the person who's recommended that has said it's really, really good. And let's be people who have perspective. Actually, this is really, really uh, uh, significant what's happening. It's really, really serious, but, you know, our rates of survival um, are actually very, very high if we do get the virus. So, you know, can we uh, bear that in mind? And let's be people who let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Notice the language, rule in our hearts. It's quite strong language. In the, in the anxious, fearful times, let the peace of Christ rule uh, in your hearts. Practically, I want to say, you know, if you are struggling, we circulated a survey last week uh, in the church, three sections. The first section gives you the opportunity to let us know if you're struggling, and we will do all we can as a church family to support you. So I'm trying to remember, I've forgotten already. First of all, I think I'm encouraging you to step in. Secondly, uh, I'm encouraging uh, you, basically, I've forgotten. Uh, What was the second thing? Speak up. Thank you, Bex, (laughs) to speak up. The third thing, are you ready for the third thing? The third thing is look out. You see, Moses looked out in the crisis. And um, the Archbishop of Canterbury was speaking this morning. He said, you know, it's easy when we're under stress, when we're under pressure to sort of hunker down and isolate and just look at our own lives. But actually, what's amazing about Moses is in this crisis, he didn't retreat. He didn't... um, He didn't sort of uh, turn in on himself. He actually kept uh, thinking uh, about the people, um, uh, the people of Israel. And I loved what the Archbishop of Canterbury said uh, last week. He said this, This is a defining moment for the Church of England. Are we truly a church for all, or are we just a church for ourselves? 
And uh, as you probably heard, he's calling us in this national day of prayer today to, at seven o'clock tonight, light a candle, put it in our windows, to uh, actually do some acts of kindness today. It might be phoning someone uh, or, or FaceTiming someone. And he's also calling us all to pray. So let's participate in that. Our local bishops too, Bishop Andrew, Bishop Joe, have said this. They've said, are we in this time going to be the Church of England or the Church for England? And uh, there's challenges here, aren't there, not to isolate, but actually see what we can do, obviously responsibly, without spreading the virus, to help those uh, around us. And as you know, uh, that's the heart of our vision here. Our vision is to love God, love people, and make a difference. And we've got those three priorities, to build family, to shine brightly, and to live courageously. And so what we're doing uh, as a church is we are, next week, we've already had contact with people who are in difficult circumstances in the parish. Next week, we're leafleting everyone, offering uh, as help, as best we can. We're going to prioritize vulnerable people in the local community. And again, if you want to be part of that, do um, fill out the survey where you can offer your services um, to do that. We've got to remember at these times that actually uh, we as the people of God, the glory of God can actually shine. What's the glory of God? The glory of God is the wonder that we as the people of God can encounter God. And you can see that in verse 18 to 23. Moses asked for God's glory and what he gets uh, is an encounter. Let me read this. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one can see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I'll remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. There's all sorts of stuff we could say about this, but actually God's glory is the fact that we can encounter him, this powerful God, this mysterious God, this loving God, this kind God. And my prayer as well, as we think about looking out and doing what Moses did, is that many, many people who don't know God uh, would encounter him because Moses lived before Jesus. We live in the times of Jesus, this extraordinary God who has revealed himself, who's full of grace and truth and who is longing to encourage and heal and transform and fill people's lives with his grace and kindness. And I know many people um, actually uh, find this talk of God outside the church a bit strange, but I just wanted to read these verses from the message translation of what Jesus offers as we think about what we can offer uh, other people. He says this, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything 
heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. These are amazing words. Would uh, our friends, would our uh, family members who aren't in relationship with God discover the wonder of Jesus and his transforming love and power? So I'm going to wrap up. Let's be people who step inside at this time. Let's be people who speak up. And uh, again, I just encourage you, if you're struggling, speak up, let us know, as well as speaking up to God. And let's be people who actually take this opportunity responsibly to look out for other people. And let's be people who have hope. You know, there are amazing stories already of positive things that are coming out of this situation. Online choirs, uh, community uh, initiatives, support for one another. These are things to celebrate. So let's have hope and let's be people who draw on the love, the faithfulness and strength of God at this time.